0: Everybody, happy Halloween.
1: Ooh. Ooh. Um,
0: is this this must be the first time we've had an episode coming out on Halloween, Halloween, right? I don't know. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna say probably yes based on how long we've been doing this podcast and how calendars work, but who's I'm not gonna go back and check so, uh Happy Halloween, happy, uh, last day of Villaintober, um, which had one more week than we originally thought when we first started planning out this month, but that's okay, because it all worked
1: out, um. Halloween hasn't been on a Tuesday since 2017. Whoa!
0: (laughs) Anyways, uh, today, for, uh, this Villaintober Halloween special, uh, we are going to talk about, uh, Mr. Sinister, a very, very spooky topic indeed, um, largely and for me- sinister. <laughs> Yes, because he's so sinister. Um, he's a spooky looking guy who's done some very spooky acts. And also this is going to be a spooky episode in the sense that Mr. Sinister's whole deal is kind of wild.
1: <laughs> I mean, you look at this man, you do think he's a Dracula.
0: Yeah, he looks like some sort of Dracula man. Uh, but he's not. He's a lot of things, but he's not that. Um, we're, uh, going to try and cover it all in a way that is, uh, (laughs) makes some amount of sense. But some of it is just not gonna make that much sense, because it's comics. Um, so Mr. Sinister is a character who, I mean, you've probably been familiar with if you're familiar with x-men generally he's a pretty prominent x-men villain uh but you are probably especially familiar with if you've been reading x-men in the past three or four years because he has had a very significant role in a lot of the krakoa storyline The uh, mr sinister renaissance The Mr. Sinister Renaissance, the sin sin a um, yeah, he was, uh, originally a very big deal in the 80s, and then stuck around, but kind of came in and out of prominence, and yeah, now currently he is, uh, a very big deal to the point where a recent crossover event focused, uh, entirely on, well, on him, and also a bunch of clones of him, and also a bunch of X-Men characters who were also kind of him. I'll, <clears throat> we'll explain it. <laughs>
1: um, In a but, way, aren't we all Mr. Sinister?
0: <laughs> aren't we all Mr. Sinister, deep down? Um, So, Mr. Sinister is first introduced as the, uh, mysterious architect of the mutant massacre, uh, which was an 80s event which focused on the, uh, Morlocks, who are a group of mutants who all have, uh, like, visible mutations, so they can't really blend in with normal society, um, quote-unquote normal society, um, so they have this community that they've constructed constructed in the sewers, uh, in, I think, New York, um... Probably. <laughs> probably. Uh but they showed up a couple times before this, uh, they, um, are, like, s- somewhat antagonistic to the X-Men initially, but they're also just, sort I mean, they're, like, sympathetic, and they're not, like, doing, like, evil, evil schemes, uh, so they have, like, kind of a
1: truce. They're just trying to get so by.
0: They're trying to get by, so it's very bad, um that a bunch of them are murdered. And they are murdered by a group called the Marauders, and the Marauders indicate that they are employed by a mysterious entity known as Mr. Sinister. Um... We don't see Mr. Sinister, uh, in this first story, and we don't see him for a while, uh, until... Maybe not until Inferno starts, um, I think, I think before that, but he, he, he's kind of a, like, ooh, shrouded in mystery figure for a little bit, um, it should be noted here that, uh, Chris Claremont's original idea when he was, uh, creating this character, um, is that, uh, Mr. Okay. The idea is that, uh, Cyclops, when he was a kid, uh, was in this orphanage, uh, and he was tormented by this boy named Nate, or Nathan, who was, like, fixated on him, and, like, kind of protective of him, but also, like, really aggressive towards him, uh, and, just made, uh, Scott feel mostly kind of scared and miserable all the time. Um, and the idea was that Nate was a, uh, immortal being who was trapped in the body of a child, and Mr. Sinister was a psychic projection that he created to do things that he could not do because he was trapped in the body of a child. And he was obsessed with Scott Summers. Um,
1: I just, I just don't know why. Why Scott? Why, why Scott? Um,
0: we, it's, it sort of gets expla- Well, it sort of gets explained later when they're, retconning a bunch of the Mr. Sinister stuff. I'm not sure what Chris Claremont's original intention was by having him be extremely obsessed with Scott Summers, specifically. Um, but, um, the concept, uh, this original concept is why, uh, Chris Claremont wanted Mr. Sinister to look the way he did. So, If you haven't seen Mr. Sinister, you probably have, and, you know, there's a cover image for this episode, but if you haven't seen Mr. Sinister, he's got, uh, chalk white skin, like a Dracula, um, like, dark, slicked back hair. He's, uh, wears black and red or black and navy. He's got this, like, black suit with this, like, big red collar and this, like, bonkers looking like feathery kind of cape situation that's like massive and made out of like a bunch of different pieces of uh fabric or like I he's uh very you can't miss him you know he's a (laughs) he's a hard guy to mistake for anybody else so the idea was Um, that part of the reason Mr. Sinister looks like this and is named Mr. Sinister is because he is a psychic creation of an immortal child. So, he's supposed to look a little bit silly, and the name is supposed to be a little bit silly, even though in actions he is extremely non-silly. Well... Recently, he's a little bit more silly. Initially, he's very unsilly. He's a a scary guy. Um, He also has, I forgot to mention the very important detail, he's got a big red diamond in the middle of his forehead, um, which is not explained initially, whether he, uh, you know, that's like makeup, or it's like part of him, or it's some sort of, you know, gemstone that gives him powers um and it remained unexplained until like two years ago <laughs> nobody nobody ever they were just like yeah he's just it's just what he looks like he's just got a diamond head <laughs> um because like some pe- like artists also draw it differently like some draw it more like painted on there and some draw it more kind of like reflective and like gemstony look looking it's just it's it, he's a boy He's a- he's a guy. Um, but so he, uh, organizes this massacre of the Morlocks, which, uh, is-
1: Very sinister.
0: It's very, very sinister of him. And also his reasons for it aren't really touched on. And they stay not touched on for kind of a long time. And then, like, at some point, I think in, like, the 90s, they- explain it, but it's not really tied into any ongoing plot. It's just like, oh, by the way, that's why this happened. (laughs) Um, so he, um, after this, he continues to be a, uh, mysterious figure in the background. Um, at some point, it's revealed that he, I don't, so the thing is, this is a character who has, uh, had a lot of retcons to make him involved with stuff that happened in the past, so I'm not sure when this gets introduced, um, but I think it might be before Inferno happens. At some point they find out uh, it's, it's revealed that, uh, Mr. Sinister was doing secret experiments on Scott when Scott was in the orphanage and uh, that actually he was the one who like, orchestrated, I think the plane crash that killed Scott's parents and also Alex's Parents, Scott's younger brother, havoc, um except it didn't actually kill their dad and their dad went to space and became a space pirate. um but that's neither here nor there for, for <laughs>
1: purposes um it's true, it's all the way out there in space. <laughs>
0: yeah, and uh, he arranged to have Scott sent to the orphanage that he built to do secret experiments on orphans so that he could do secret experiments on Scott. Um, and
1: Scott was like, yeah? That's some real roundabout logic. (laughs) Uh Uh-huh. I want to do experiments on this one guy. I know. I'll set up an orphanage where I can do experiments on orphans, and then also make this guy an orphan and arrange to have him sent to my orphanage.
0: Okay, just I kidnap will say, the guy. Just in Mister Sinister's defense, he did also want to do experiments on other people. He just wanted to do experiments
1: on Scott Summers
0: the most.
1: <laughs> and you know when the orphan like, and when when you've got an orphanage, every problem looks right. like an orphan. <laughs>
0: for sure um god anyways um so mr sinister does a bunch of experiments on scott summers while also being this frenemy bully who's like tormenting scott and like initially it's supposed to be the bully's the real one and mr sinister is the mental creation of the bully and then later they reverse it so that the bu- Mr. Sinister's the real guy and the <laughs> M-
1: bully Mr. is like- Mr. Sinister, a grown-ass man, makes a psychic projection of a young boy to bully one specific kid.
0: <laughs> to bully a child! Fuck this child specifically!
1: Fuck this orphan! I hate this one child so much I made him an orphan to get him into my orphanage so that I can do experiments on him and also bully him in the form of a child. Um, Sinister. <laughs> yeah.
0: Uh, deranged. Um, At some point, we find out that Mr. Sinister is, uh, like, specifically fixated on the, uh, the mutant bloodlines of the Summers family and the Grey family, um, and is theorizing that, uh, that, like, Gene and Scott are going to, uh, have a child that will be, like, the most powerful mutant ever, and... He wants to study that child. Uh and so he when... does
1: like a parent trap style. <laughs> he does he...
0: <laughs> so he parent traps them. Um when he at some point manages to get a DNA sample of Gene Gray. Probably presumably of both of them, and also of a lot of I mean he definitely has DNA samples of Scott from all of the experiments he was doing on him at the orphanage. Um, at some point, he also gets one of Gene. And when Gene dies, or seemingly dies, during Dark Phoenix, he says, <laughs> He's like, well, that's I have no a great good. idea. I have a great idea, though. And he uses the DNA to create a clone of Gene. And then gives that clone a fake identity and fake memories... And sends her to go fall in love with Scott Summers and have a baby with him, which she does, and then he, uh, sends his marauders to kidnap the baby and kill the clone, but she survives, and she's looking for the baby, um, and (laughs) this is, I, we, I think we talked about a bunch of this whenever we did Cyclops, which was, like, a long, long time ago.
1: Yeah. Um,
0: but, uh... (laughs) This is a whole complicated setup, and it's also a retcon because this character, Madeline Pryor, when she's introduced, is not, like, introduced as a clone of Jean. It's she's a woman who looks, like, a lot like Jean, and everybody's like, it's so weird that this woman, like, looks so much like Jean. What's going on?
1: Um, (laughs) And Scott's just like, I just have a type, okay? (laughs) I just have a type. Um uh, the rebound. And, yeah, it was
0: left sort of intentionally open ended at first um, to be like, oh, like maybe she is like a reincarnation of Jean, or maybe this is just like the universe telling Scott it's
1: okay to move on. Um, what a weird way, th- like for the universe to tell you you can move on. By sending you a woman that looks exactly like your dead lover, <laughs> right? For sure. Um, you can move but... on. Is this moving on? Is I don't it think it is.
0: Um, but it was left kind of intentionally open ended for possibilities, and then Gene's uh, not dead after all and comes back, which is when Mr. Sinister is like, "All right, well, take the baby, and now we can kill." This woman. Uh, And then, ultimately, as a result of Jean coming back, they're like, okay, well, now we need to get rid of this other character. And they create this backstory that she's a clone. And then finding out she's a clone makes her kind of uh, snap, which, I mean, she was already snapping a little bit. And then it makes her, like, kind of really snap.
1: Um, I mean, somebody stole her baby and tried to murder her. Like, that's stressful. Yeah, she was, like, not
0: having a good- her husband left her- Her baby got stolen. She almost died. Um, And then she finds out she's a clone.
1: Uh, Yeah, like, that's enough to make anybody just be like, all right, I'm done. I've had enough. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So uh, she ends up
0: going evil and uh, trying to destroy New York. And then the X-Men stop her and she dies. And then later she comes back because it's comic books. And that's the plot of Inferno. That's half the plot of Inferno, and the other half of the plot is Ileana (laughs) doing Ileana things. (laughs) Um, but that's kind of Mr. Sinister's, like, big evil overture reveal of his grand scheme, uh, to get... (laughs) Scott Summers and Jean Grey to have the most powerful, uh, mutant child. Um, and, uh, then after this, we start incorporating, uh, more of the retcon stuff, where we, they fill in some of Mr. Sinister's history through kind of flashbacks and also time travel stuff. Um, because in the 90s, we get, uh, Cable shows up, uh, and Cable is going to turn out to be the, uh, baby that Scott had with Madeline Pryor, who, uh, got sent into the future. Um. Excellent way to hide a baby. Never gonna find it. Excellent way to- yeah. Um who got sent into the future and then comes back, which is a, not the original intention when Cable shows up. Cable is a mysterious guy from the future. And then they're like, what if the big reveal was that he was Nathan Summers, Um, Scott's child with Madeline. Uh, and also uh Apocalypse become, Apocalypse was, I think, introduced in the 80s, but Apocalypse becomes kind of like, one of, like, the big threats in, like, the 90s, um, and part of the reason Cable is sent into the past from the future is because he needs to stop Apocalypse, um, and he's gotta get the X-Men's help to do it now, because in the future Apocalypse is, like, taken over the world and everything sucks, so they gotta fight him, um, and, uh, also- <laughs> Cable also has an evil clone, um, who teams up with Mr. Sinister, um, and, uh, at this point, Mr. Sinister has stopped working with the Marauders and has a new team called the Nasty Boys, which is my favorite thing in the whole world. I love the Nasty Boys.
1: We need to do- do you think we could do an episode on the Nasty Boys?
0: I don't think so, because, like, I don't, I don't know if they've done, like, enough, um, but maybe, like, I, I, we can, we can look into it, because I would love to, because,
1: (laughs) oh my god, um. I'm Mr. Sinister, and these are my nasty boys. (laughs) These are my nasty,
0: nasty boys. Um, so... Anyways, we we start getting into some retcon backstory stuff here. Um, a lot of it is in a uh, mini series called "Further Adventures of Cyclops and Phoenix." Um, and there was initial the an initial mini series called "Adventures of Cyclops and Phoenix," where Scott and Jean traveled into the future, uh, where they sent Nathan and they uh, raised Nathan for a little bit and then traveled back, got sent back into the past. So he has, like, memories of being raised by Scott and Jean. Um, in this one, they travel into the past and they meet a 19th century geneticist, Nathaniel Essex, The man who will eventually become Mr. Sinister. Um, so, uh, Essex is obsessed with jeans and, uh, like... Gotta-
1: he just love that denim.
0: He loves that denim. Um, and, like, the- at this point, recent, like, uh, work of Charles Darwin, um the concept of survival of the fittest, uh, and he's especially interested in uh, the existence of something that he refers to as the Essex Factor. uh, Okay. Which will, yeah, (laughs) thank you, um, which will ultimately turn out to be the X gene that causes mutations.
1: Um, Oh yeah, the Essex factor, the yes. Essex men.
0: I, yeah, like, I do, like, it's kind of fun. It's a little bit of fun
1: wordplay. Um, but also, can I just but... say, I don't think I trust a 19th century geneticist.
0: No, you shouldn't. Uh, you shouldn't. You shouldn't for sure. Um, Because <sighs> very quickly he starts going off the rails and doing uh extremely unethical experiments he uh forms like an early version of the marauders who like go out and uh kidnap people to bring back for him to experiment on um one of them is a man named daniel summers um who's gonna be like logan howlett <laughs> One of them is a man, no, at some point he does definitely do experiments on Logan, though. Um, not in this era, but at some point <laughs> he, it definitely He doesn't happens, find like, him.
1: Sure.
0: Yeah, <laughs> so he's like, oh, one of these days.
1: Um, oh, yeah, I so heard he... stories of a man. A Canadian <laughs> man.
0: <laughs> a mysterious, short Canadian man. One of um, these
1: days I'm going to find him.
0: <laughs> anyway, Dan- Daniel Summers? Daniel Summers, a uh ancestor of Scott Summers obviously, which is where he uh discovers that like this man's genome has potential to, you know, produce an extremely
1: powerful mutant. Um is that he, how uh, genetics works? You can just it tell does, that it's going to mutate. <laughs> it does in comic books. I don't think you can um, predict necessarily, like, oh, this this gene that's going to mutate very well, powerfully.
0: That's um, that's why you know Mr. Sinister is uh such a the expert in his
1: field because he can figure out these things that nobody else can. <laughs> um, with eighteen hundred science.
0: Yeah, exactly. Uh, he also. He finds out about Apocalypse, who at this point is, uh, hibernating, which he
1: loves to do, um. I mean, if you were immortal, you would take a real long nap, too, huh?
0: I'd be like, alright,
1: I'm just gonna peace out
0: for a few hundo. Um, he, uh, wakes up Apocalypse and, like, starts working for him um weird but okay yeah apocalypse is like cool love your work uh i'm super powerful come do genetic experiments for my purposes uh because apocalypse also loves the survival of the fittest that's like his main thing um fair apocalypse does his do you think apocalypse is like
1: yes they finally caught on
0: they finally learned the thing I've been saying. I slipped yes. through it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um,
0: Apocalypse uh, does his own experiments on Mr. Sinister, um, which is what uh, turns him into a Dracula-looking man from a normal-looking man. Um,
1: and... Uh, Imagine going to the conferences. It- <laughs> it's like, no, no, I'm still Dr. Essex. Are you sure? Uh, you you look like a Dracula. Um I had a very rough experiment that did not go the way I expected. Please respect my privacy. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um he gives he makes him into Dracula and he makes him immortal is like the main thing. Um he also maybe potentially gives him other powers because like at some point it's like indicated that he's like a shapeshifter but also other times it's like oh he just like is like putting his own like cloning his own mind into like other bodies um is that how that works it is in comic books Uh, and also sometimes he can see the future. Um, I don't think now he can see the future. And I also don't think he can shape shift. but maybe he can. Um, he just doesn't do it anymore. (laughs) He just doesn't feel like it. Um, he, um, his wife also died. His son dies, I think, before the apocalypse stuff. And that kind of sets him, like, further down the spiral of, like, oh, I've got to, like, figure out how to, you know, perfect the human genome and cheat death Explode or whatever. my son. Uh, yeah. Um, and then his uh, wife finds out about all his horrible experiments and then she dies in childbirth. Uh, and with I her thought you were going to say breath- that she
1: leaves him. <laughs>
0: That's worse. Well, yeah, no, it does. It is worse. Um, but w- <laughs> we'll get to it in a minute. Um, as she's dying, she says, To me, you are utterly and contemptibly sinister. Oh. Um, and, uh, then he's like, well, I guess that's my name now.
1: My wife (laughs) said I'm sinister. Now I'm Mr. Sinister.
0: Now I am Mr. Sinister. Um, so, uh, basically... At some point, uh, Mr. Sinister gets uh, fed up with working for Apocalypse because he's not the type of guy who likes to answer to people.
1: Um, Well, then why did you wake up a powerful man and say, hey, can I work for
0: you? I don't think he really asked if he could work for Apocalypse. I think Apocalypse was mostly like, you work for me now.
1: Well, Um, that's what you get for waking up a very powerful man.
0: Yes, obviously, but if you're an arrogant 19th century biologist, you're probably like, this guy will listen to me. <laughs> um, He gets fed up with working. I mean, also, you know, th- hubris. You, the answer is just hubris. Yeah,
1: yeah, 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 um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh,
0: He gets fed up with working for Apocalypse. He tries to kill Apocalypse with a... Gun. ...version... <laughs> ...with a gun... <laughs> <laughs> um, with a version of the techno-organic virus that he and Apocalypse developed that I think is based on technology that maybe Apocalypse got from the future, um, but he's like, he, he's like, help me make this virus, and Mr. Sinister's like, I figured it out, yeah, and then tries to, uh, infect Apocalypse with it, and it doesn't hey, Nathaniel? work.
1: Nathaniel,
0: Nathaniel. <laughs> yeah,
1: this man's name is Apocalypse.
0: His name's Apocalypse! He's been alive think, since the beginning of time.
1: Do you think you can murder him with something as simple as a virus? Um. This man probably it, has antibodies out the wazoo. <laughs> his, his immune system is also immortal.
0: Um, it does have an effect on him. Um, because- Well, everything uh, has an
1: effect. That's just how life works.
0: Yes, everything has an effect. It does have a negative effect on Apocalypse. And so he has to, um- Go back to Go back to sleepy time. He has to go back to sleep. Um, But but
1: he's like- He's like, oh man, this virus made me very tired. He's like, hey-
0: Mr. Sinister,
1: when I wake up, I'm going to fucking kill you. <laughs> and Mr. <laughs> Sinister
0: goes, shit, 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 shit. Okay, here's what I got to do. I got to focus all <laughs> of my energy on making a mutant who can kill Apocalypse. Um, and so <laughs> the reason for his fixation on the Summers and Grey Bloodlines is because he is theorizing that their hypothetical child will be the one who's powerful enough to kill Apocalypse and prevent Mr. Sinister from getting killed by Apocalypse, which is apparently true because in the future Cable comes from everybody's like, you're the only one who's powerful enough to kill Apocalypse. Um, obviously it's not really true because Apocalypse never actually dies because he's Apocalypse.
1: Yeah, like, you're the Uh, only one powerful enough to kill Apocalypse. And it's like, is, are you sure?
0: Are you also, listening
1: to what his name is? What if you just ask Wanda Maximoff to unmake him? Have you tried that? Have you tried? Because I feel like that would also be someone powerful enough to kill Apocalypse. Because you're not um, really killing him. You're just unmaking him.
0: You're unaliving Apocalypse.
1: <laughs> we are TikTok speak unaliving Apocalypse. Yeah. Um, so... I feel like she could do it.
0: I, f- I feel like, I don't know why she wouldn't be able to
1: do it, necessarily. She's unalived so many people. <laughs>
0: <laughs> she's unalived people, she's unmutanted people. I feel like, e- like, even if you couldn't unalive Apocalypse, you could just be like, Apocalypse isn't immortal and super powerful anymore, and then you could just unalive him
1: with a g- gun. <laughs> <laughs> You don't um, have to unalive apocalypse, just unimmortal him. Time will take yeah. care of the rest.
0: Yeah, just uh, just hang back and wait. Maybe he'll like start just withering up instantly. Yeah,
1: like the mummy. Um
0: okay, we g- <laughs> This is probably going to be a long one <laughs> cuz there's a bunch more stuff. <laughs> so sorry oh, no. to everyone. Um for uh this long Mr. Sinister episode, um, in the 2000s, um, so Mr. Sinister does some stuff during the Age of Apocalypse, um, he works together with Strife, um, he accidentally causes the Legacy Virus, even though Strife, Cable's evil clone, creates the Legacy Virus, and then he gives it to Mr. Sinister. Um, In a box, and he's like, this has my DNA in it, so, uh, you know, like, open it if I die or whatever. And then Strife dies, and Mr. Sinister opens the box. He's like, what the fuck? This box is empty. But it turns out the box had the
1: legacy virus inside, and he just unleashed it on the world. Um, And it's funny, uh, uh, underneath the box, if you flipped it over, it actually says Pandora on it. Uh, Yeah, it's
0: so weird.
1: Yeah.
0: Um... They explain the Morlock thing by saying that there's a version, uh, this isn't really that important. There is a version of Beast from the Age of Apocalypse, which is an alternate timeline called Dark Beast, who's beast but dark, evil, like morally dark, um, and he escapes to the regular reality And he studied under Mr. Sinister and then he uses, like, the stuff he learned from Mr. Sinister to do experiments on the Morlocks. And then Mr. Sinister finds a bunch of the Morlocks and is like, it looks like I did this, but I didn't do this. Somebody's copying my work. We need to just destroy all of these Morlocks. So that's why the Morlock massacre happened. Um, He uh, is, like, retconned in into a bunch of different backstories. Uh it's like, oh, he like experimented on Wolverine at some point. Um he uh experimented on like the Rasputin family at some point. He uh creates an evil clone of Craven called Scraven with an X X Raven? <laughs> um He, uh, at some point, I think it's during this, at some point they, uh, established that he was, like, working with the Nazis during World War II, and then I think they've since, like, retconned that, um.
1: (laughs) This uh, man was a 19th century geneticist. I don't think you have to retcon that.
0: No, but I think it's also mostly like, well... how do he get to Germany? Like, how'd he get to Germany? We're like trying to, you know, he's sort of like a more, like a sillier villain now. And it's like, well, mm-hmm. it's hard to be silly if you were
1: a Nazi. <laughs> it's hard to be um, silly when you're a Nazi? Yeah. Um, how do we redeem this man? Well, step one.
0: He... Um, Also, he at some point creates also an evil clone of Namor, um, called N two, which no, it's like Namor. Namor, this (laughs) this is (laughs) Namost. Um, he um also okay, so he seemingly dies in the two thousands after Messiah Complex. Um. Because, uh, Mystique kills him. Good for her. Good for her, you know? (laughs) Um, and then it's revealed that at some point in the past, he did this other experiment where he was experimenting on a bunch of different, uh, like, family lines. Um... He was working with some various, like, doctors doing experiments on, like, mutant children. Um, and, uh, he ends up inserting his, like, he puts, like, sleeper agent DNA into a bunch of these family lines so that if he dies, it'll activate and he can use the descendants of one of these families as a host
1: body. I Um, don't think that's how DNA works.
0: (laughs) I think this is maybe like one of the least how DNA works things we've ever uh we've come across yet in this backstory. But he does that. Um and the family lines he uses are uh uh Marco, as in Kane Marco, so Juggernaut, uh Xavier. I think I think Juggernaut's dad was one of the people like working on this experiment with him, and then Sinister also used him as like kind of a test subject. Maybe, um, Marco, Xavier, Shaw, as in Sebastian Shaw, uh, and, like, one or two others who aren't as relevant,
1: but... Because you had to throw in those one or two others, (laughs) otherwise it's like, okay, mighty convenient that you only did. (laughs) Yeah, um, so, uh,
0: this, uh, they find out about this after sinister dies
1: uh yeah because they're suddenly sleeper agents
0: (laughs) yeah they're suddenly freaking sleeper agents uh sinister starts like sinister's like personality or like consciousness again none of which would be in your dna no um but sinister starts overtaking charles xavier uh and they have to uh Figure exercise out how to size him. <laughs> they have to exercise Mr. Sinister. Um, and they do. There's some, like, weird, like, device that he used that activated when he died that has to be, like, destroyed or whatever. But then when they do that, his, um, consciousness jumps to another person who he had also experimented on, who I think was separate from these original experiments, who's a woman named Claudine Renko. Um who starts going by Miss Sinister. Um, so she looks like Sinister, but it's like a sexy lady Dracula. <laughs> um, and uh, she's like, kind of like, she ends up sort of like body sharing with the Mr. Sinister identity. Like it's not fu- fully like, this is just Mr. Sinister in a different body now. It's, like, she's still there, but Mr. Sinister is kind of also there and influencing her. Um, so, uh, she's the main Sinister for a little while. Um, and then they end up, uh, killing her. And, uh, then in, uh, the 2010s, uh, in... The Uncanny X-Men written by Kieran Gillen, um, this is, I think, relatively recent, like, maybe, like, 2012? Yeah, 2012. Okay, so, like, 10-ish years ago, so relatively recent in comic book time, um, but, uh, he comes back, uh, and, Starts, uh, enacting a bunch more evil plans. Uh, he tries to, uh, turn San Francisco into 19th century London. Um, he- Weird
1: choice.
0: (laughs) Yeah, he clones a bunch of new Madeline Priors to try and, uh, absorb the Phoenix Force so he can use it for himself. Um. That at least makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. He gets, um, a new outfit for a little bit that's, like, more based on his, like, original, like, you know, 19th century biologist garb. But then he does go back to, uh, his, his big Dracula man outfit. Um, he, so this introduces a lot of things that have now become, uh, kind of Mr. Sinister staples. Uh, largely because Kieran Gillen is writing the character here and also writes him a lot in Immortal X-Men, where he plays a big role, uh, and the following kind of sinister-themed events. Uh, but Kieran Gillen writes him as, like, very, very, very flamboyantly campy. Um, if you've read any of the recent stuff, you know, like, real just like full out like gay Disney villain like extremely campy um and he's very funny like he's he's extremely fun to read uh and he also introduces this thing where he just has like a ton of clones of himself and like some of the clones are just like other sinisters and then other clones are like You know, like, he's got, like, a sinister horse and, like, a sinister cat or, like, whatever. Um, so, leaning into some more goofiness, um, but still definitely evil. Uh, still definitely quite, uh, sinister, one would say. Um, so, he, uh, goes through some various schemes. Um, he clones himself into different people's brains again. I don't, it's not how it works, but fine. Um, (laughs) he is, uh, constantly, you know, uh, experimenting on people and taking their DNA. Um, and then in 2019, when hawkspox happened, uh, it's, revealed that, uh, so the, the, part of the thing about House of X with Powers of (laughs) Ten, trying to, I'm trying to condense this as much as possible, I'm sorry, um, part of the thing is that, uh, when Professor X and Magneto and Moira McTaggart working together created Krakoa, it's revealed that they had secretly been working together on this, um, For a very long time, like behind the scenes of what has been going on in the X-Men comics through this point, they have been engaging in some secret machinations to ensure that they can eventually build Krakoa. One of those machinations is that at some point they go to Mr. Sinister, um, and they ask for Mr. Sinister's help. Um, in obtaining samples of mutant DNA. They want a DNA database of every living mutant and they know that Mr. Sinister already has a bunch of them and is capable of, you know, obtaining and... Expanding. Yeah, expanding. Obtaining and refining the others because they need the DNA so they can, uh use it in the mutant resurrection process so they can, like, create basically clone bodies of mutants who die and then, uh, like, put their consciousness into the new body. Um, there's a lot of steps to resurrection. This is one of the steps, is they need DNA from Mr. Sinister. And this is intentionally, like... Mr. Sinister is not a guy you want to make a deal with, like, (laughs) no, this guy sucks, but part of the thing is, like, oh, they are making some, like, dangerous compromises to create this, like, paradise, and maybe they'll come back to bite them, and they do, um, so, okay, so this Mr. Sinister, the- The main Mr. Sinister that they're talking to, because they're on uh, an island that Mr. Sinister has built that's populated by clones of Mr. Sinister, Um, the main one, it's revealed, has at some point spliced mutant DNA into his own DNA, so now he technically counts as a mutant, so now they actually have to invite him to live on Krakoa. So they do... And they put him on the Quiet Council, which is also part of the deal. Once, like, Krakoa is actually formed. Um, he, uh, immediately starts scheming, obviously. Um, of course. He does this thing where he makes a bunch of clones of Moira, who's been recently revealed has the power to, like, anytime she dies, the timeline resets to when she was born and she remembers everything that happens, and she lives through it again. Um, he makes a bunch of clones of Moira and, like, uploads his memories to them at different points. And then anytime he, like, something goes wrong or he wants to change the outcome of an event, he, like, kills the most... Like, he makes save points, basically.
1: Oh my god.
0: (laughs) Cloned bodies of a woman. Um, he, like, kills a Moira and resets the timeline to when that Moira was cloned, and then he tries again, which is evil, but also kind of funny (laughs) in, like, an upsetting way. definitely
1: clever?
0: It is, like, it is a pretty
1: good scheme. A pretty good evil scheme. Um, I'm not sure how it works, but... That's not for me to figure out. It's not, listen,
0: in the grand scheme of everything
1: comics has said about how
0: cloning works, it could be worse. Um, so, this past year, we've gotten a lot of Mr. Sinister stuff. First of all, um, a, uh, some other Mr. Sinisters show up. One of them- And they're pissed. (laughs) I don't know. <laughs> and they, they are, yeah. Um, one of them is a Mr. Sinister with a... Uh, I get these two mixed up. I think the one with the club symbol on his forehead, similar to how normal Mr. Sinister has a diamond, um, looks very, very similar to Mr. Sinister otherwise, uh, and is called Dr. Stasis and is working with the evil science organization Orcus, um, one of them is an old, old, old man with a spade symbol, I think, again, I might be getting these two specifically mixed up, um, who is named Orbis Stellaris, um, and one of them is a lady with red skin, uh, who's wearing a mysterious mask for most of the time that we see her, and then finally takes The mask off and reveals she has a heart symbol on her forehead. Um and her name is Mother Righteous. Uh and that's a kick-ass name though. Yeah, it fucking rocks. Um, and eventually, uh, Mystique and Destiny discover that uh in fact, the original Nathaniel Essex died in the 19th century, but he created four different clones of himself that was were each designed to like harness the possibilities of a potential future for earth so mr sinister is focused on uh like science and the human genome dr stasis mr sinister was about uh technology oh i don't know yeah uh, I think, I think, like, technology, because he, like, is working with the, with Orcus, who are, like, the AI people, um, Mother Righteous is not a clone of Nathaniel Essex, but there's a clone he made of his wife who died, um, and her thing is magic, and, uh, Orbis Stellaris' thing is space, um, so all of these sinisters have, like, somehow been... I think they have all been, like, around this whole time and they just have not, like, interacted with the X-Men is the vibe I got. But maybe they were all just, like, asleep and they got woken up suddenly. Um, unsure. But this rolls into an event called Sins of Sinister where, um, it's revealed that, uh, Mr. Sinister has hijacked the resurrection process with his own DNA, uh, and so several mutants die and get resurrected, but they get resurrected as, like, sinister influenced mutants, and they all, uh, go evil and start trying to take over the world. Uh, it's, I think, Charles, Emma, Hope, and Exodus... I think are the four, um, and, uh, Sins of Sinister is an event which, like, follows this, like, theoretical timeline of all the things that happen to the universe as a result of these four getting infected with Sinister brain, uh, and they're all fighting each other, and Mr. Sinister, is also fighting them, and all of the other different Mister Sinisters are also involved, um, and it's a huge problem. I haven't read this event because I was very confused by it, <laughs> <laughs> so I should probably at some point. But the thing is, it's like a alternate timeline, and then at the end, with the help of Mother Righteous, who they don't realize is a Sinister, they like reset the timeline back to normal. Um, and they imprisoned Mr. Sinister in the pit uh but it still has like wide-reaching repercussions um so i believe as far as i know mr sinister is still in the pit there's something in the most recent issue of immortal x-men that kind of alludes to this um but uh <laughs> he's in there and also i'm not sure if he's in the pit is like when Doug got eaten by the island, did he go to the pit, or is he in a different place inside of the island? Because if you stuck Doug in there with a Mr. Sinister, that seems not very nice.
1: <laughs> Maybe um, Doug's on a different place, and then he's like, I am so bored. Island, can, do you want to play chess? And the island's like, no, but somebody else in here does. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um... Yeah, extremely funny outcome uh, for them both to escape the pit, and Doug to be like, "This is my new best friend, Mister Sinister. We're cool now." Um, I don't know, like, I don't know if Doug has ever encountered. I mean, obviously, before, like, pre Krakoa, I don't know if there were any stories where he like interacted with the New Mutants. Um, anyways, that is honestly. A fairly compressed history of Mr. Sinister. It's, like, so I, um, because I usually, when I'm doing this episode, like, when I'm doing these episodes, the first thing I go to is, like, the Wikipedia article for a character just to get kind of, like, a baseline, um, and if you open Mr. Sinister's Wikipedia article and start scrolling through it, um, it is so long
1: <laughs> um a weighty ar- entry it really it is it is
0: hefty um so somebody put some
1: work in on this one
0: yeah so there's a uh, a lot of stuff i did not even get into um but that's mr sinister man it, he's uh wild he sure is sinister He is as, uh, sinister as it gets,
1: many have said. Um,
0: anyways... You know, to
1: me, he is utterly sinister.
0: Yes, to me, he is utterly sinister. I agree. Um, anyways, uh, you and I did both, uh, read comics, at least one comic this past week, because, uh, (laughs) we just talked about it. Um, we both read... Superman the Harvests of Youth, which came up a few episodes ago, um, because Briar mentioned seeing it at his comic book shop, um, and we both really, really, really loved it, um, and we just recorded a bonus episode discussing it, uh, so if you would like, uh, to read it, you can, uh, subscribe to Patreon and check out all of our thoughts and maybe come talk to us about it. Um, but, uh, I mean, spoiler alert, it's good. (laughs) Spoiler alert, it's really, really, really good. Like, really, very strong recommendation on this one. Um, I don't think there was anything else I
1: wanted to mention I, I did read the dc halloween issue
0: oh that was cute
1: it was good i liked I that did, one i was reading the like dick grayson jason todd one and i like mm-hmm. got to the last page of it and i was like wait <laughs> yeah no wait <laughs> wait come back wait no i want more of this i half expected to see like thing where it's like fin like read the rest of this story in this mini series coming out at this time (laughs) i want more of dick and jason hunting vampires (laughs) (laughs) i know it was so fun i love them it's good um i think that was my favorite one
0: (laughs) i really like that one um I really liked the, uh, Renee one at the beginning. Um, there were, uh, a couple others, but yeah, those, those two, I think, were my favorites. Um, but yeah, that was a very fun little collection. I enjoyed it.
1: Um, I don't, I don't know a lot about Doom Patrol, but I did enjoy that one.
0: It was a real, I also (laughs) don't know a lot. I'm like, this is a really, like,
1: well-crafted story. What if you're haunted by the sins of your past?
0: Yeah, think about that. Happy Halloween!
1: Happy Halloween! All your mistakes and how they affect other people. Oh boy, much (sighs) to think about. Um. Anyways, uh, stay safe out there, y'all. Happy Halloween!
0: Yeah, stay safe out there. Stay safe from the sins of your past.
1: Um, watch Watch out for for werewolves.
0: Um, if you want to keep up with us, you could- Oh, one last thing! Um, if you're listening to this when it comes out, the Shortbox Comics Fair ends today, so, uh, last chance Get on to it. <laughs> check out some very cool digital indie comics. Um, I've bought a few, I will probably be buying a couple more <laughs> before tomorrow, but, um- yeah, just uh in case uh in case you're thinking about it, keep that in mind. Um, anyways, if you want to keep up with us, you can follow us on Twitter, Tumblr, Instagram, Facebook at Capes and Japes. Uh, send us an email to capesandjapes at gmail.com. We have a a Discord server that uh everyone's welcome to join, come hang out in. Um We have a Patreon if you want to support us on there. Like I said, we just recorded, uh, our book club on Superman Harvests of Youth, um, so if you've read it or you are thinking about reading it and want a little companion for once you have read it, uh, maybe consider subscribing to the Patreon. Uh, subscribing. Um. If you cannot support us on Patreon, but you want to help out the show, leaving a rating and review is very cool. Telling a friend about the show, if you think they'd be interested, if they've seen a picture of Mr. Sinister and been like, what is this guy's deal? (laughs) Um, You can show them this, uh, and then they'll be more confused probably, but you know. Um, And just... Coming back and joining us as you've done once again. So, thank you for being with us on this episode of Capes and Japes. I have been Olivia.
1: And I have been Briar. And as always, we're studying the Essex effect. As I, I, I like to call it, the SFX. <laughs> That's my name that I've given them. very easy to shorten to three letters. It's not special effects anymore. It's the SS. Yep. Bye.